Good morning. Welcome to WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. You are with Jane Cormier, the host for Artful Living today here on WKXL, and uh, we thank you for joining us. Of course, as we do every single time we have one of our programs, we have a shout-out to Good Life. Good Life Programs and Activities is a 50-plus health and wellness center in Concord. They offer low-cost or free exercise and art classes as well as trips, socials, and educational seminars. So you can visit goodlifenh.org or you can visit them at their Smokestack Center, 254 North State Street in Concord. So thanks for being a sponsor, Good Life. We appreciate everything that you do. You're a wonderful organization. And if anybody needs more information, just go goodlifenh.org. All right. Uh, so we actually have today a, a repeating guest. I think, Marty, you've been on two or three times, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So our guest is Marty Donovan, and he is from the Natural Wellness Corner right here in Concord. And um, I always enjoy having him on the program because he gives information. You know, I'm probably not as low information as some might be, but I always learn something, you know, when you're on. So. Yep. It's a pleasure. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, and we also have his daughter, uh, Colleen uh, Donovan, who is with us today. And she's sort of the, the background person for Natural Wellness Corner. But I can tell you that uh, having gone to a couple of their in-store, f- you know, free, they give free talks about certain um, topics, you know, within wellness. And I did get to see her do one of those, and she was great. So, um, Colleen, I think you have to be out in front more. <laughs> well, I'll try, but thank you. <laughs> she likes what she does, I guess. That's a good thing, too. All right, so um, Marty Donovan, for those people that have not heard Art for Living before or are just joining us new for you know, for, for what you do, let's tell our audience what do you do and what do you offer at Natural Wellness Corner. Okay, well, kind of my background, I came to town in 1982 and bought a drugstore, the medicine store, and I operated that. Uh, until 2019 when I sold it and then just continued on with natural. But in the mid-1990s, um, I got introduced to the concept of, of natural medicine. People were asking me questions. Can you take this herb with this drug like a hmm. blood thinner, things like that? And at that time, the information was not readily available like it is now. And I do, had to do a lot of searching. And during that process, I learned the concept of wellness or getting the body in balance rather than just managing disease like like drugs do. Right. I fell in love with that concept. I went on for more training. I realized I needed because I didn't learn any of that in pharmacy school. So I went on to become a clinical nutritionist and herbalist and introduced that into my practice in the mid-90s. And then in 2019, I decided I really like this a lot more than pharmacy, so let's just stop the pharmacy and continue on with natural. Right. Uh, we moved to Loudon Road which is where we are now, 239 Loudon Road, Natural Wellness Corner. And I do um, a lot of private consultations with people. I'm a, I'm a nutritionist, so I meet with them by private appointment to deal with any health issue from a natural perspective. We carry <laughs> high-quality natural supplements, professional grade, um, and I'm there to give advice anytime. Wow. Well, I mean, you certainly are in the right place at the right time because today we're always talking, you're always hearing something about wellness. I think that navigating the topic can be kind of, um, complex because there is so much out there, there is. for for folks to digest, uh, and and sometimes I know that I'm a little overwhelmed at what I can take for fact, 
and what might not sound like might be a good practice because there's so much on the internet about wellness right now. If someone was just looking into wellness, and when I say wellness, like you like you said, looking at a, a way to manage their their uh, wellness, you know, through more vitamins or techniques or whatever, how do they begin? What would you suggest for them to begin that journey? Well, that is certainly a very complex. And as you say, there's tons of information out there. In fact, I rely on my daughter. She's in college right now going for her master's, which she'll have next year. And she's providing me with the most current research out there on all types of topics. So Mm -hmm. it really helps uh, for me to have more current information, up-to-date information. Um, In general, if you want to call it baseline, you want to look at your lifestyle as really the foundation. You need to exercise regularly, you need to to, um, eat in a balanced way, and by that I mean, I love to follow the Mediterranean diet, Ah. very healthy fruits, vegetables, good quality meats, things like that. The the standard American diet, which is sad, S-A-D, standard American diet, is pretty sad. Uh, It really really is. What do you mean, what is sad, S-A-D, what does that mean? Standard American diet. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's, is sad. That's yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and you know, and that's the junk food, the fast food. You know, I stop it someplace on the way to work, and you pick up a bagel or you know, a donut or whatever, and a coffee. Right. You know, and you're on your way, and you think you're you're thinking you're starting your day off, and you're not. So you need to care for this body. The body needs like a plant needs fertilizer. You need to have certain things for your body to function normally. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced in my practice uh, as a clinical nutritionist. A lot of our health problems are, are really related to deficiencies in our common diet. We're just not getting the B vitamins we need, the antioxidants like vitamins A, C, and E. Um, we're not getting healthy levels of protein. Again, we need the macronutrients, the fats, carbs, and proteins, but we need good quality mm-hmm. things like that to, right. to grow a healthy body. So between- When did this all change? I mean, when I was younger, Right when I was when I was a kid, and considerable amount of time ago, mm. but we never talked about anything like this. Right? I mean, you had your when you were a kid, you had your little food pyramid you learned in school, and mm-hmm. you know you sat down and you had your supper, you know, with the family, and you cleaned your plate because of you know starving children in China or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but something shifted. It has dramatically shifted. In fact, kind of the startling numbers right now in America. of adults are either overweight or obese. It's 75%. 75%. And it's growing. And it's happening in kids as well. You see kids in grammar school that are on diabetes medicines and cholesterol medicines and things like that. I mean, it really is startling. Mm -hmm. Tell you what, I'm going to flip this over to Colleen because this she's in the middle of this kind of training right now to become a dietitian. And so she's got a lot of the information about where the history has been awesome. in regard to our society and the change of way food is made, things like that. You want to awesome. take that, Colleen? So, so and what, well, just to pare it down specifically, what has been the biggest changes that, that have happened, you know, within the last decades, a couple of decades that has shown us to, you know, that has brought us to where we are today? So I think one of the biggest changes is the quality of the food that we're getting. Um, More Americans are consuming ultra-processed foods more than ever, and ultra-processed foods are linked to all kinds of health problems, such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, um, even, you know, gut issues, things like that. And 
as the quality has continued to go down, the rates of obesity have continued to rise, mm -hmm. despite the fact that people might have more access to nutrition education than ever before. As you said, that there's an abundance of information out there, their choices can actually be quite limited. Can you tell me why or how we have become such a, you know, like you said, the quality of food has just gotten lower, right? How, did, how and why did that happen? Because it's cheaper. It's because cheaper. Because companies who provide the food, who make the food, the ultra-processed foods, the ones that can sit on shelves for a long time, care more about their shelf life than our lives. Okay. So it's like all the preservatives and trying to keep the product out there longer without yes. having real food. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and they consistently lobby uh, to the government to get a lot of subsidies. If you look at the comparison between the government subsidies for our food supply and what they actually recommend us to eat on a day-to-day -day basis, they're not funding the things that they recommend. Most of our subsidies go to things like um, various fats, um, corn, even like cigarettes and nicotine. They spend more on tobacco than they Get do on here. various things for su subsidies. Yes, than they do on Why things would they subsidize things. tobacco? They're trying to outlaw it everywhere. Uh, that's a very good question. But um, Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's that's like the topic you could fall into that hole and never come out of, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. So, well, very interesting. So we have lower quality foods out there, and that's yeah. contributed to it. Mm -hmm. How about lifestyle that we have today? I imagine that, that the fact that we can't sit still for five seconds um, to actually, like, Go shopping, buy good food, make the food, and eat the food um, is kind of a problem today. Yes. Um, as a whole, as a society, we've become more productive than ever. We're busier than ever. We're working more than ever. However, um, with that comes along with uh, people don't feel like they might have enough time to actually sit down, make a meal, enjoy a meal. We mm -hmm. actually call that... Um, slow food instead of fast food in the oh, field. We call really that slow good. food, this concept of actually being mindful, making your meals something very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, wow, this is really cool. I've never heard that term before. I, I hear our music playing. So uh, we'll take a little break here, and when we come up over the other side, let's talk a little bit about this slow food. Great idea. I could steal all this information from my students at St. John's, so it's great. <laughs> all right, so you guys hang tight. We'll be right back after the break, and we will continue with Colleen Donovan from Natural Wellness Corner. back to WKXL, Art for Living. Jane Cormier, your host here on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Remember, all of our programming is available on NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. So if you are just joining us in this segment, our guests are the, are the owner, or the owner, Marty Donovan, from Natural Wellness Corner, and his daughter, uh, Colleen Donovan, who is sharing information. She is, I guess, in her master's degree program for what well, I don't want to say wrong. Well, what is your major? Uh, personalized nutrition. Personalized nutrition. Excellent. Yes. And so if you weren't with us for the first part, uh, she brought up a, something that I had never heard of before. I brought up the fact that we're all so fast. Who takes time to sit down and actually plan and make and enjoy a meal as a family? And uh, she mentioned that that's actually a thing, and it's called slow food. And you talked about mindful eating. So why don't we have some education for our listeners? What, what does that entail? What is that all about? 
Yeah, so it's about really making yourself present in what you're eating. It can be a very big habit for most of us to either grab food on the go, as Marty mentioned earlier, um, to after a long day, just make something very quickly and sit in front of either the TV or read a book or Mm -hmm. something while you're eating and you're not necessarily present on your meal. And this can encourage things such as, you know, overeating, perhaps not even feeling satisfied with the meal that you've just consumed. So there's a a movement within the nutrition field to really encourage slow food, which is to, you know, really immerse yourself in what you're doing with that food to slow down and go, okay, you know, I might have an hour right now. Let's, you know, do some, you know, cooking that I might actually enjoy. There's no point in forcing yourself to do something you hate when it comes to food, which can frequently be an issue, actually. If you're (laughs) trying to eat healthier, people think they need to make themselves miserable in order to eat healthy, and it's just not true. Right. Um, So you you focus on activities of cooking that actually are enjoyable. You might put on a little music. You might drink a little bit of wine. You might, you know, really almost get into the meditation of it, and then you sit down without distraction, perhaps with your family or a friend or even out on your own uh, balcony or porch, Mm -hmm. and just focus on what it feels to eat, how the food feels in your mouth, what the taste feels like to slow down your chewing, and really try to make it more about the experience of nourishing yourself rather than, oh, this is just something that I have to do to not be hungry. Mm Wow. You know, it's funny. Our culture has just sped up so fast, technologically in every way as as well. And the joy of eating. And I know I had it when I had my kids, you know, at home. I had the joy of cooking. I'd love to cook, like Mm -hmm. to plan it out, like to set it up pretty, Mm -hmm. have as many people I was really big on because I'm the last of eight kids. So I was used to a lot of people in the house. So I would always love to cook and make it nice and spend a couple of hours at the table enjoying each other, the food, um, and having a good time. It's a lot harder when you're by yourself. I will say that. It is. It is. And that's one thing I think, um, particularly in our country, is lacking. Because if you look at a lot of other um, cultures, they really cherish the mealtime. They really cherish getting together with friends and family and, you know, not having a time constraint on it and just enjoying each other's food and company for hours. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, one of the greatest benefits of nutrition is incorporating it into some of the best aspects of your life. And yeah. yeah. The um, other side of that is um, how quickly do you eat your food? Mm-hmm. If you're sitting alone, as she mentioned, sitting in front of the TV, you look down, where did that go? Where did that food go? I don't even remember eating it. Yeah. You can often overeat mindlessly. Very easy. If you're sitting with people and talking, considering your food, tasting your food, you're slowing down. And there's something called the 20-minute rule. It takes 20 minutes for the food you've eaten to hit your bloodstream and turn off your appetite. Mm-hmm. And so that engages automatically. You're reducing the amount of food you're eating, which again is part of the overeating is part of our problem. Yeah. It's part of, if we let the, the system work, mm-hmm. we solve an awful lot of problems. And let us not forget that even though it's nice, and of course it is nice to sit down and enjoy food and family and, and friends together, um, as part of the body system, but it's also good mentally. I mean, we do yes. some of our best sharing as human beings around food. Yes. I've always believed that. And here's the challenge for me, and I'm sure that there are plenty of older folk out there that are like me that are alone right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have near, and I wonder about it a lot, I don't have near the um, desire to make that experience, the eating experience, the way I used to when I had my kids. You know what I mean? I have to push 
I have to push myself to, to decide I'm going to cook today. I'm going to cook like two, three meals that I could put in the fridge or whatever, right? Where before it was just like this. Now it's like, uh, you know, uh, just this, just this, because it's just me. Mm-hmm. It's got to change the thinking is, is what it is, I think, anyway. That is part of it, is changing your whole perception around um, food, how you treat food, how food enters into your life, rather than thinking of it as just a necessity yeah. or something that you just need to do. Um, so... Yeah, it's, it makes it a lot easier if you're you know, really thinking about what, how can I make this much more enjoyable for myself mm-hmm. and putting it in that frame of reference. Yes, frame of reference would be good for that. So I'm going to try that. We'll see if it works. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've decided that uh, food is not tremendously some foods that are being promoted, right, are not quality food. Mm-hmm. And we have way too many people that are indulging with that. How do we turn that around to, let's say, a family with three kids, mom and dad both work? What can we give them to change their point of reference so that they're not, you know, they're not hitting the uh, macaroni and cheese three, four times a week um, and have to actually engage in what you call slow food mentality? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, one of the most difficult things about that and one of the first things that I always tell people is um, don't beat yourself up or ever feel like you're not doing enough. Um, As I said, not only are our lives so busy these days, but also our food system is kind of built against us in a way. There is an abundance of research at this point to show that a lot of the ultra-processed foods almost have a form of an addiction to them, that they will act similarly in, a, in our brain biochemically as types of addiction. Um, there was an infamous study a few years ago regarding that uh, double-stuffed Oreos in rats were just as addictive as cocaine. My, my son told me about that, and I, I didn't know if I believed it. Do you think that they promoted the fruit, they made the food that way? Yes, it's deliberate. It's actually something the companies call the bliss point. Um, and it oh is a way gosh. that they make um, not only the mouth feel, but the various types of, um, how do I put this, various types of tastes and how you react to it, the balance of the sugar, fat, and you know, acid, salt, whatever, to make it so that you cannot eat just one. They don't make money if you eat just one. Are you kidding me that that no. was actually part of them building the product? Oh, of course. Um, and oh my gosh, that's w- sad. One of the things that removes that feeling of satiety and makes you want to eat more is the fact that most of the processed foods have all the fibers stripped out of them. And fiber is one of the key things that helps us to feel full yes. after a meal. Um, so in that regard, I, I just tell uh, you know parents or anybody, don't beat yourself up if this is mm-hmm. something that's so hard to switch because just keep in mind that this is something that, it, as I said, is almost actively built to work against us um, and to more focus on just slowly incorporating things. If your kids go crazy for macaroni and cheese every single week, okay, well, think about putting in uh, you know some broccoli right. in that macaroni and cheese right. or have some peas on the side or start with a salad. and. The most important thing is just to make it exciting. If you are excited to eat your meal, odds are your kids might be as well. They Mm -hmm. take their cues from you. Right. Um, So make it something that you're excited about, the kids can get excited about, and just move slowly. Big changes don't happen overnight. Never. It's always small that lead to the large, right? Exactly. So, And if you, like you said, pressure yourself too much at the beginning, usually nothing will get done. Exactly. You know, it's just overwhelming at that point. Exactly. So start small and find little ways to to go toward a better yeah. goal. 
Yeah, there's a saying, um, we don't talk about eliminating things, we talk about substituting things uh-huh. in the field. Obviously, there's times when you do need to eliminate things, but if possible, if you just cut something out of your diet, you now have a gaping hole where it used to be. And a lot of times, it'll almost consume you with how much that that Isn't hole that is funny? in your life. Yeah. So instead of getting rid of it, you replace it with something else. Right. And that can help for a lot of people. For example, if they find themselves sitting down at night and going to town on like a bag of chips or something else, okay, well, maybe cut out half the amount of chips that you would mm-hmm. eat and throw in some apple chips instead mm-hmm. or, you know, some fruit or something, something so that you're still eating. But it's just a, you it know, does work. adding something else to it. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a psychological uh, tip that goes with everything, they, even with behaviors, other behaviors, that it, you can't really stop a behavior that's ingrained, mm-hmm. but you try to put something into its place exactly. to help you, you know, you substitute something to try to have drop off the negative behavior. So that would be a really great tool for eating. Yes. I know that myself, chips, I love crunchy. And I like salty. Mm. Always have. So what I do is I, I don't buy the bag of chips because I know that, you know, it's going to be really hard. I'm, I, I can probably buy a big bag and do the one handful a day. But you know what? Sometimes I don't. And so I just buy one at a time. I'll buy the little guy. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, okay, I'm going to buy two because I'll have two this week. <laughs> and then I look forward to those two in the week. And I don't really feel like for the rest of the week, oh, you know, where are my chips? So... The substitute does work. It does. You know, you just have to decide to do it. All right, we're going to take a little break. The music is playing. WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Jane Cormier here for Art for Living. We will be right back. Hang tight. Welcome back. Artful Living here. Jane Comier, your host on WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Thank you for joining us. WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We are, we are thrilled to have two guests here today from the Natural Wellness Corner, Marty and Colleen Donovan. And they've been teaching us all about eating, teaching us some new, new facts and Slow food, right? Uh, You know, we've learned about slow food today, about slowing down to be able to enjoy the act of eating and prepping so that we don't, uh, you know, barrel through our eating habits all the time without thinking because that doesn't lead to good things. Um, Marty, I want to jump over to you. So I, I know today, I think more than ever, more people are dealing with the desire for weight loss. Okay, whether it's for health, whether it's for the looks, as you said, um, you know, there are more people, you said 75%. 75% are either right? overweight or obese in this country, and adults. it just seems like so many people have tried the weight loss road and doesn't, you know, they might temporarily lose the weight, but it doesn't stay off all the time. So if someone comes to see you, I would assume that um, there would be a certain criteria that you would offer. Let's say... You know, I was thirty pounds overweight. I wanted to lose that weight. What would you? What would? What would start? What would we? You know, what would we discuss? Um, actually, that's kind of a a new system we just started at the store. I've been doing nutritional counseling forever, twenty five years, mm-hmm. um, and that's a comprehensive thing where I'm looking at every symptom of the body and trying to balance people's health from a natural perspective. 
we've decided again with these numbers so high for being overweight and obese to offer more of a streamlined program specifically for healthy weight management and, and blood sugar management, whether you're diabetic or not. And unfortunately, weight is a huge driver of type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it's almost like a inevitable uh, for a lot yeah. of people that they'll end up that way. So we've we've started this new program, and basically we meet with people every two weeks. What is it called? Um, it's our blood sugar and weight management program. Wonderful. Blood sugar management and weight loss program. Okay. she's she's She put it together. So Wonderful. Just... <laughs> Listen, this is, there are people out here that don't know about this stuff, and they're in, they're listening in the car for a few minutes, so I think this is really worthy information to get out there. Blood sugar management and weight loss. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea is to retrain people in how they think about food. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I meet with people all the time, and they say, oh, my, my eating is perfect. And then when I go through it, it they're, they're mistaken. <laughs> uh, they, as you say, there's a lot of information out yes. there. And they may have seen something inappropriate that was really not true. They couldn't really <clears> think <throat> it was perfect because they're coming to see you. Well, unfortunately, and one lady came in. She was overweight and said, I, I really need to meet with you. She says, I went to my doctor and the receptionist was overweight. And the nurse was overweight. And the doctor was overweight. So I didn't <laughs> think I was going to get very good information there. So it is unfortunate. Again, this affects 75% of the adult population. So there's a lot of people in the healthcare field that are in this situation as well. Isn't that bizarre? You yeah. would think that that wouldn't be true. You'd think so, but unfortunately, that's not the case. So, um, so the idea is you're trying to teach people what they, under, they learn what they're putting in their mouth. How much protein is in what your, your meal? How, much, how many carbs? How much fat? Mm-hmm. So they really become educated about the contents of food. Mm-hmm. And over time, it's, they can balance it quickly. It's kind of like learning your ABCs. and You, know, you sure. don't have to think about it a long time. But once you understand the concepts, so it's, it's learning to eat the right food in the right balance. And again, it has to be healthy food. You know, Colleen mentioned switching over to healthy foods. And it's been said that if you eat a food that's bad for you, like a bag of chips, it's doubly bad because mm. not only did you eat something that wasn't good for you, like mm-hmm. you know whatever is in those things, yeah. you didn't eat something good. You know, you could have had an apple or a pear, but you had oh, chips. Really, so you, I couldn't do so that. You, you kidding so, me? So you lost out <laughs> on that. So yes. it's it's letting people understand the impact of what they've been doing, yeah. and how do you then change? And the interesting thing is that you know, Colleen mentioned. We're driven. The foods drive us to eat more of them. They they yeah. actually they actually put in not just the way they make them, but they put in ingredients that drive you to eat these things. They did a study with cows. They took regular feed and they took the same feed, but they just sprinkled this this dust on it. That's really what it looked like. the The cows that ate the regular feed would eat and then stop when they were done. The cows who ate the treated feed would not stop eating. So what, what what they want mm. in the animal industry is they want c- animals that are overfed. They yeah. want so they can bring them to market sooner. Well, we're being overfed. We're eating the same types of foods. That's what the dr- the food companies use to drive us to buy more of their product. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. So it's learning things like this. And once you've broken free of this garbage, the garbage we eat, your your taste completely changes. You know, I had one yeah. lady told me that she would hide marshmallows in her, you know, she's supposed to be on this program, but she's hiding marshmallows in her desk so she could, you know, snitch them periodically. 
after doing this for two weeks, she came back and says, I don't have marshmallows. I've got strawberries now that I eat, and, wow. I, and I love them. Good. So your, your taste actually changes. Yes. When you're covered with fat and other things it, it, and too much sugar, it just blunts your natural perception of how much you need to eat. Mm-hmm. Once you've done that and you eat in a balanced way, then you can actually listen to your hunger not because you've driven by having another Oreo, because right. you've driven high bl- sugar high and sugar low, mm-hmm. but because your body's ready to eat, and you actually self-regulate how much food you need to get a, a normal body weight for you. And it's, it's a satisfying. You're eating food you like. You may not have liked it in the past, mm-hmm. but over time you realize, oh, this natural stuff is a lot better than the garbage that <laughs> I've been eating. You know, for some people, their vegetables in a day are French fries and a toma- and, and ketchup on their tomato. You know, <laughs> they, that's how they get something natural. Yeah, it, my really... gosh. Okay. So that we meet every two weeks. We, we monitor their weight, monitor if they're dealing with blood sugar issues, monitor their blood sugar. And it's not doesn't take long. Yeah. It doesn't take long. I've had diabetics come to me unregulated for medications for diabetes. Sugar's above 200. Normal 100 is normal. And oh within, and and the doctor wanted him on another one because he could kept on rising even though they added more and more meds. And after four weeks, he had removed himself from two of the meds. He talked to his doctor, but he was off two of his meds, and his sugars were running in the one thirties, one forties. Wow, wonderful! So, and and now he's completely off all his even a blood pressure medicine he no longer needs. Yes, I think we've we've all if we're paying attention at all, it, we do hear of the success of being able to come off these meds. If the food, you know, the food habit has changed. Right. And that's huge message, yeah. you know, yeah. instead of sticking all of those pharmaceuticals in our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate, but the, the blood pressure, the cholesterol, the overweight, yeah. you know, that's the type 2 diabetic. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they are all on those drugs mm-hmm. because that's the nature of the downward spiral of type 2 diabetes. Yeah. And it's, an, it's a rising, just like the body weight is rising. Um, the, the incidence of diabetes is rising just as fast. Yeah. Wow. So I noticed that the website that you have, naturalwellnesscorner.com, it looks great. I've seen the site before, but this is a new site. It's got all kinds of nifty things on there, um, and people really should take a peek. They offer the ability to schedule an appointment, it says right on, right on here. So if somebody wanted to see you for um, the reduced blood sugar weight loss counseling, Mm-hmm. They could do it right online, right? Yep. That's, they would fill that out, and then we would contact them and schedule the first appointment. Awesome. All right. You do have something on here that I know very little about, and I've just stayed away from it because I keep seeing so many confusing statements about it. Okay. And it's the CBD. Okay. What the heck is going on here? I mean, you see it everywhere now. I mean, it's in little shots. It's in candy. I mean, it's in everywhere. What is CBD for okay. those that don't know? Okay. Um, up until about four years ago, it was not legal to buy CBD in New Hampshire. Other states had it. What um, is CBD? CBD is derived from what's called industrial hemp. Um, this is like marijuana. There's a marijuana hemp and there's industrial hemp. Mm-hmm. Marijuana hemp is high in THC, which makes you high, and then CBD, which is what we're talking about. It's just another set of compounds. Okay. Industrial hemp is high in CBD, very low in THC. Okay. And that's why it can now be sold in this state because they decriminalized industrial hemp. It never should have been criminalized. It was criminalized right along at the same time as marijuana. 
um, and they they just did them at the same time, and there was really no reason to do so that. So it's not marijuana that we're talking about. We're not talking about marijuana. We're talking about industrial hemp. They're both yeah. from the hemp plant. Right. They both contain THC, but for instance, marijuana may have five to twenty percent THC. Mm-hmm. The indu- the industrial hemp has point two percent or low point three percent. Point three percent or lower. Point three percent or lower. So you can see magnitude. Huge. Of, so there's you any product that's made properly and regulated properly, you cannot get high on those CBD products. Okay. Although there's a lot of misregulation and there's products you can get high on. Mm-hmm. In, you can buy in this state that you do get high on, but they should not be that way. Right. So you have by to be itself, careful. it shouldn't be. You have to be careful of who you, what product you buy. Uh huh. Alrighty. This actually is a very good uh, conversation. Um, let's let's take a little break here. We'll come back on the other side. WKXL fourteen fifty AM one hundred three point nine FM Concord and one hundred one point nine FM in Manchester. We will come right back with Marty Donovan and uh, we will talk a little bit more about CBD. Welcome back, Artful Living here. Jane Cormier, your host. WKXL New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. If you are just joining us, we are speaking with Marty and Colleen Donovan from the Natural Wellness Corner on Loudoun Road, right here in Concord. We've been talking about all kinds of different topics. Really great. It's always great when you guys come on. We learn, I learned so much, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. So I was looking at the new website. If you haven't seen naturalwellnesscorner.com, you should go on there. Not only does it tell us an awful lot about what the programs are that they offer, but there's all kinds of neat stuff in there like quizzes and um, resources that you can make use of right away. Uh, And then, of course, if you did want to schedule an appointment for a consultation, uh, there are you know, there's a, a little form right there. You could fill it in and somebody will get back to you. So wonderful site, naturalwellnesscorner.com. And I noticed on there that there was something that says, how well do you know CBD? Take a quiz. Well, I'd flunk. And I, I know I'd flunk. So I brought that up in the last segment, near the end of the last segment, because um, at 63, I always turned off when I would hear about CBD. I'd hear people talk these great things about it. And I would, in my head, I was like, yeah, you know what? That's like marijuana. I'm not going to discuss it. You know, I don't want to talk about it. Um, and so you said us straight in the last segment that it might come from the hemp plant as like marijuana, TH, marijuana would. But the THC in it for CBD is like 0.3% as opposed to 5 to 20% for THC that in would the make you, That would make you high. That so would you, make you high. you cannot, with that level, you cannot get high. That's why the, the Drug Enforcement Administration made this legal in every state. Mm-hmm. What happened was that um, because of the, the illegalization of marijuana, the research on this plant was really not very good. They hadn't done a lot. Over the years, as more states legalizing it, and CBD was becoming available, they're doing a lot of research. And there's a, this is a very, very beneficial plant. Mm-hmm. So the industrial hemp plant being high in CBD, the main areas of research right now are for pain and inflammation, sleep, and um, anxiety, uh, mood issues. 
Yeah. So there's there's really strong research showing the value of CBD for those situations. Now, the the plant has many compounds. Like I mentioned, there's THC and CBD. These are called cannabinoids. That's the family of compounds. And there's actually like a hundred of them. And they all have their own individual benefit. Oh, so when you use a an industrial hemp plant, you want to use something called full spectrum. And that means it has all the ingredients that are found in the in the plant are in that product. They also have some where they remove some. They call that broad spectrum, and then they, you can also get CBD as just an isolated item. Why would they do the broad spectrum? Why would they remove um, some? That's a good question. Um, some people usually, when they do broad spectrum, they completely remove the THC. Some people just don't want to have THC. Period. Oh. Just kind of a okay. philosophical thing. Sure. You know, they're young, marijuana. They stayed away from it. Yeah. They don't want THC now. Got it. We get that from the old, like me, the older like people. Like me. Right. Um, <laughs> but actually THC as a, in the micro dosing has a very strong benefit for pain management and for the uh, some of the other benefits. So ah. you get a more, with the full spectrum, you get a more variety uh, coverage of the different health mm-hmm. benefits for it. Mm-hmm. So that's really the issue in terms of, and the reason it's everywhere is because it really works. Yeah. I mean, it is nice. I do hear, I do hear it. I, I, seeing all the different things of it out there in product. Uh, how do you navigate what what you're going to take? Yeah. What well, do you do with that? That's again where in my opinion this should be handled by professionals because mm-hmm. the the interesting thing about the cannabinoids in the, in this plant we actually make cannabinoids inside our body. They call it our endo ENDO which means internal endocannabinoid system. We make these compounds. So when we're under stress mm-hmm. We're making cannabinoids to help us manage that stress. Or when our body's inflamed, like arthritis, we're making cannabinoids to help us do that. Mm. And they're believing now that a lot of, sometimes our symptoms are related to we've just depleted our, we've called on too much, we, we're, too, we're asking too much of it. Yeah. So when you take a CBD product, it's like repleting. It's like filling in what you're deficient in. So where I'm a nutritionist and I'm looking at nutritional deficiencies, this actually fits right into that category. Mm-hmm. You're actually supplementing your body back to where it needs to be. Right. And that's why it can solve, well, how can one product deal with pain, uh, with you know, mood and sleep, because the endocannabinoid system regulates those those areas. Wow. And do you take it all the time? Or do you just take it when, like, if you're going through stressful situations i don't know i mean it can be taken both ways mm-hmm. when it first came out and i learned cause i didn't never learned about this even in natural medicine i couldn't handle marijuana so i never learned about oh. the value of the the hemp plant when it came out i realized okay this is like a deficiency i think i'll take it just as a supplement like you take a vitamin yeah. as a supplement um i didn't have any of the main problems that, you, that i just mentioned and i thought i slept well I sleep a lot better than I did. I didn't even know I could improve my sleep. And I didn't used to dream, and now I dream all the time. So it it has changed something in that regard. So, yes, it can be taken as maintenance. Okay. You can take it short term. Um, For instance, if you sprain your ankle, you can use it to help you heal. You can also use topical products to relieve the the pain and inflammation. Mm -hmm. So you can do it situationally or long term. If you're doing it, say, to control sleep, then you might need to take some level long term, mm-hmm. or you could try once your sleep's repaired, try stopping and seeing if you're back to normal. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. So it can always be a come and go. There's no withdrawal from it. Obviously, it's not addicting. Right. You can stop and start at any time. That's great. Okay, quick question. Then I see on here: Can 
Can you fail a drug test if you take CBD? There's a strong possibility. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you will. Okay. The reason is because the drug tests are not specific for either THC. They're, let me put it that way. They're not specific for THC. They're testing for the family, the oh. cannabinoid family, and CBD is a cannabinoid. I see. So you're not getting, now if you wanted, if you failed a test, you could get a comp, you could get a confirming blood test. Those are usually urine or saliva. Yeah. The confirming blood test will tell you the individual compound that's in your body, whether it's CBD or THC. Okay. And certainly they're concerned about inebriation. Yeah. But if you've got a, a driver, you know, if you drive trucks, things like that, you don't want to go near it because the state won't do that. They won't, you know, they they won't go to the blood test. You mean they'll remove your license. They won't. They won't. Ouch. Yeah. So it, it it's like they haven't caught up with what's reality. Yeah. You know, it's, well. You know, it's always it, slow, he, isn't it? Here they could use something for pain management yeah. that's safe like CBD, and they might be on something more dangerous um, with that they could have used if it were allowed. Right. So the answer is, yes, you could fail just because it's a mix-up in the testing. Okay. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to know because, you know, if you were taking a test for like um, – I know that my my son at one point was looking at the FBI, mm-hmm. and before you can even really go far in that process, um, if you didn't know, you know, CBD might test you positive, that could have a big impact. Yeah, well, my son's so, in the military, same thing. Yeah. And he has back pain, and he would do well, with, I believe, with CBD, but he can't take it. Bummer, huh? Yeah, it's That's unfortunate. That's too bad. It is. So we have to lobby. We have to get that taken care of, right? Yep, yep. I mean, those politicians have to be good for something. <laughs> Holy moly. We won't go there. <laughs> get out there. Get out there. Do the right thing. Anyway, what what's the difference between taking it, uh, you know, as like a pill or uh, like a mm-hmm. medicine and yep. oil? Okay. The, the different ways of dosing orally are you can either swallow a product or you can put it underneath your tongue, like the oil you'd put underneath your tongue. You hold it there for a minute, and you're actually absorbing it in the blood vessels in your mouth right into your bloodstream. How does that work? I've, I've heard that about other medicines. Well, why instance, does it ni- under the tongue nitro- do that? You've heard of nitroglycerin. Yes. That's what that does. But why? Mm. Why does it work faster there's, under there's, the tongue? There's lots of blood there. You, if you look underneath your tongue, you see tons of blood vessels. Is that right? As it dissolves, it goes through the you know the skin, skin oh, surface into cool. the blood, so it absorbs it that way. Right. When you swallow, and you therefore you then get the full effect of that dose. If you swallow CBD, you could swallow the oil, or there's chewables, there's capsules. Yeah. You lose a third of that as it moves through your gastrointestinal tract. Your liver will downgrade wow, about a third right? of it. So you normally we recommend starting with a 10 milligram dose. You would do 10 milligrams under the tongue, but if you're going to swallow it, you have to do 15 milligrams. I gotcha, absolutely. To get the 10 milligram in the blood look. Isn't that something, so, huh? But for some people, the convenience of swallowing a capsule or chewing up a gummy is is what they want. Yeah. Uh, but ideally, it would be putting it under the tongue. Yeah, well, it does sound like it's a big deal. It isn't. Yeah. What's a minute, right? Right. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Well, I didn't know that about all the blood vessels under there. I always wondered that because I've seen medicines, like you said, nitroglycerin, that they put it under the tongue. And I'm like, how, you know, why would that really mm-hmm. yeah. be such a fast way of delivery? But yeah, it works. Yeah, I bet. Wow, very cool. All right, so uh, you take CBD, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and it's a maintenance. I thing. just take one a day, dose a day, just because I like the way I feel on it. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not really. I don't have pain or anything like that that I'm worrying about. Mm-hmm. And if somebody was interested in doing that, can they? Do they have to go to see a practitioner, or can you get this? How how do I? If I'm interested, let's say I'm interested. How do how do I proceed? This is available retail at any any store that sells it. 
I mean, and as you say, you see them everywhere. But how do you know um, what, what one to take? Well, how do you know what's good? That's the hard part. Um, <laughs> they're doing research on the quality of these products, and they're finding that it's like almost 90% are suspect in yeah, some way. I would bet. So, it, you know, contaminants or not potent enough, things mm-hmm. like that. So going to see someone that would know, I think, is a really good thing. We use a product that is actually, um, they're doing research, and they're approved by hospitals and the FDA to do research on some of the things we're talking about. Wonderful. Well, thank you for coming out today. It's always a great show. Marty Donovan, Colleen Donovan from the Natural Wellness Corner, Loudon Road in Concord. It's been a great, uh, it's an, been an informative time. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Thanks for thank having you. us. And everybody out there, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on Artful Living, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Have a great day.